that that whole thing. Well, supposedly he got taken off of the off of the song as a result of After, that. Mm. Oh, <laughs> he can't perform it, or basically. no? He took they 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 pulled his version off of Spotify or something like that. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> They're like, bye, or something something like that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, nah, this is too, it's too, it's too disrespectful. Yeah. Um. What did he say? Nachos tacos, something like that. I I didn't even I didn't <laughs> I didn't singing? watch it. I didn't I didn't hear. That's what I heard. Well, blame oh, Canada video? for that. <laughs> blame Canada. That wasn't America. That was Canada that did that. Yeah, that was Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, those innocent Canadians. Right, that's funny. Welcome to the parlor, listeners. This is Two in a Bottle. I'm Brandon Harrison, chilling with my co-captain, co-pilot, and co-festival. Enthusiast, well, just you were more of a festival enthusiast than me. DJ Dollars, what's up, DJ? Yeah, I don't even know if you've actually been to a festival. I have been to a festival. I've been to our a festival. I've been to our guest festival actually last year. Um, oh, but we'll, we'll get that to that in a second. Oh, okay, okay, I give you your props then. Um, I mean, and you've been to your own festivals. I've been to my own festivals, <laughs> yeah, film but, not, festival. but not quite the the music scene that you're pretty heavy on. Right, yeah, um, and I'm always looking to uh, expand my horizons and check out different genres of music, so maybe we can delve into that in the conversation that we have set for today. Yeah, I think that's probably perfect because, you know, we talk about, about uh, fire festivals and <laughs> all those things that have been happening, but we got an interesting mix, an eclectic mix of music um, coming up uh, in July from our guest, the founder and organizer of the Afro-Latino Festival NYC, this July 7th and 8th. Yes. Mael Caprado, welcome to the parlor. Hello, hello, hello. Gracias. De nada. Um, so, for our listeners, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions. We're gonna yes. Investigate. But if people are not aware, especially people here in New York, what is the festival? Well, the Afro-Latino Festival is a celebration. It is a festival that is dedicated to highlight the contributions of the people of African descent in Latin America. So what we do is that it's a three-day festival where we affirm, educate, and celebrate um, through conferences, award shows, and, of course, a big concert. Cool. That's dope. Now, I know that last year I only made it to the concert part, so mm-hmm. forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. I saw, uh, who did I see? I saw Maluka. Nice. I hear the song was like, hey, hey, hey. My girlfriend laughed about that song. <laughs> and um, I saw Nina Sky. Yeah. Um, but I peeped that there's this whole other educational talk uh, program, film festival side up at the, the Sean Breck Center and other yes. places. How did like that part come, come into play? Was that an original part of the festival? You're like, no, we need to do something more. We got to make it happen. Well, you know, the identity part of the, of the festival, it is, it is, of course, important. But um, in terms of the affirmation, but also the education part, right? So that's why we decided that adding a conference was a very important uh, to the discussion of Afro-Latinidad throughout the weekend uh, programming. So, yes, it is at the Schomburg Center. This is the second year that we're gonna hold. They're gonna host the the event in Harlem, and then we're gonna have the awards. That's at night, and a little conversation with Susana Vaca. I saw that. Now, hit me to the awards, because it's just an achievement award for her, or is it, like, other categories? Like, what's up with that? There's different different ca- categories. Uh, there's literary achievement um, awards. 
There's the Lifetime Achievement Award for her, for Susana Vaca. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's um, some that are related to technology. So there's seven awardees, and people can check out more about that on the website. Okay, that's what's up. That's cool. Now, did you, you, you went to this primarily on the strength of your, your girlfriend? No. I flipped that. My girlfriend's Puerto Rican. So, mm -hmm. uh, DJ. Thanks to you that she brought me, but no, I I wanted to go. Well, I I, I, assume, I mean it, it's cool. We I've seen a, a common thread with you being more uh, in touch or interested in uh, Latino or Afro Latino type of events. Um, so this is like the, the next in a lot of a few different guests and and um, events that I know you've attended. I mean, you could say that, but it's kind of partially about her, but just about my life. Now, I could actually sort of twist this in for a question for you that I was sure. actually going to ask you, because uh, as a, I'm not from New York City, I'm from upstate or whatever, mm -hmm. but I lived in the East Coast all my life, DJs, is from Brooklyn. It's like, it's like this weird uh, divide, I would say, and I see what you guys are doing. It's really interesting to try to bridge that divide. It's like black people everywhere, there's mm -hmm. Afro people everywhere, and it's, it's like a weird... I don't know, the people, you think that people sort of feel like they have to give up their identity to embrace like Afro-Latin that, as you said? Or I don't know if they have to give it up. But do they think they do? Maybe. Maybe. You know, it's a case, it goes by a case-by-case, case, you know, basis. Everybody has their own way to find themselves and and to embrace their, their identity. Um, but I think that definitely our work is is definitely focused on um, bringing people together. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the mic will be alright. Yeah, um, bringing people together and and noticing and like realizing that we're not really different. You know, there's some differences, but at the end of the day, like we're we're the same people. Right. That's awesome. So, um, how did you like? How, how did you come? come along on, the, on that journey and learning about your own mm. um, Afro-Latina, you know, like, history? Well, I was born in Panama. Okay. I've been in New York for 12 years. Uh, it's the first city that, you know, that that I moved from Panama, so I've been here the whole time. And um, I always tell people that I realized that there was a, there was a gap and that we needed to have an outdoor space, a platform, a networking platform, for for black and Latinos and Afro Latinos and you know a space where we could like come together and work, that that was my main thing. You know, get some work done and and create some projects and support each other. And I feel like um, yes, we have a beautiful concert, but we have also achieved uh, that platform to run successfully because I can see how people are really interacting, really working together, and that that's. That's the main point, no? So, like, and I guess it's been five years now, right? It's been five years. So, in the five years, have you feel like you are going towards your goal? Are you accomplishing the goal of that? I or? think the goal is, like, growing. Yeah. And it's developing into this bigger thing that I can't even, like, describe right now. But, you know, what was this guy's name? Steve Jobs? Oh, yeah. There yeah. was um, <laughs> a yeah, speech, him. that guy. <laughs> A speech he gave about connecting the dots, that you can only connect the dots looking back, not forward. 
So that's something that I really keep in my mind uh, when developing this festival as a platform is that I, we just keep doing, we just keep connecting. And looking back at some point, we will, we will see how big the festival has been or, or how many people it has really impacted. You know. So if you had to look back at the dots. <laughs> I look at the dots, back. <laughs> the uh-huh. dots, what would you tell yourself five years ago? And you'd be like, oh, I wish I knew this then is there anything at the beginning that everything was going to be fine that that uh, you know that that everything was going to come into place it's a uh, it's difficult to to keep the festival or to achieve for the festival to be a sustainable event mm-hmm. and that's that is a priority i saw you guys had a kickstarter yes yeah. we had a kickstarter we raised thirty thousand dollars that covers a quarter of the cost of the festival so you can imagine um, how expensive it is to run a, an event like this. Right. Uh, but it, this is a grassroots event, and it's really community-based. And the community came forward, and you know we were able to to successfully fund um, the festival. But the work keeps going. Dope. You know. Did you have, um, I guess, uh, history in organizing things, or was it just a lot of learning on the fly? Yes and no. I'm a very creative person. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter, mm-hmm. and photographer. So the arts, I've always been involved somehow. But I'm a Buddhist, and in the Buddhist organization, um, I was, you know, I was brought up in this organization where I'm very familiar with with teams and you know groups and stage settings and this kind of stuff. And um, so that's something that I, I guess it comes um, and I apply it for, for the festival, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I grew up in this environment. And then my partner, of course, a, his father was involved in the, in the Afro-Latino movement for many years, for 40 years. So he, he gives that other element of the festival. Uh, that is super, super important when it comes to the conference and the talks and the panels. Ah, okay. So it's it's a divide. It's not just me. I have, <laughs> right, yeah, I yeah. have a ton of people that Teamwork. help me out. Yeah, absolutely. Also co-founder, correct? Co-founder, no. Co-organizer. Co-organizer. She's, uh-huh. she's the founder. He gave a very good finger wag. I'm going Priestley. Welcome to the parlor and to the podcast. Uh, co-organizer not co-founder of the Afro-Latino NYC Festival. Uh, thanks for coming on as well. You know, I only had one mic. I wasn't prepared for yeah. both of you, but I'm glad you're here because she said that you've got it. You've got the gift of gab. So. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. No problem. So um, initially we were talking about how everything came together, and she kind of alluded to that you were the, the second half of the the conferences and the talks and everything. So, what's the hardest part of bringing that together? I checked out the the lineup and it had you know got films, you got talks. You, how was it like curating it? I also saw that um, the African American Museum also helped curate it. I also saw that yeah. on the flyer. So, mm-hmm. so how that come together? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, the the panels came together um, this year in particular. Um, we're we're cur- cur- co-curating all of them. So. One of the panels on, on um, black women and museum rep- representation, 
It's been co-curated by Ariana Curtis, who's the Latino curator at the Smithsonian, the new Smithsonian in D.C., the African-American Museum for History and Culture. That came about, um, we've been working together over the years um, from her time at the Smithsonian Anacostia. Um, and as a result of her work there, um, we gave her an award um, last year as part of the festival. Um, and just continuing that relationship, I um, uh, decided that it would be a good, something good um, to kind of, we do a lot of cultural heritage discussions, and so that's kind of her, uh, an area of, of expertise, one of her areas of expertise, and so we felt like that would be a good area of collaboration with respect to this year's festival. So that panel um, is going to be a colleague of, of hers from the Smithsonian, um, a representative from the Studio Museum of Harlem, and a um, representative from the, um, from the Black Feminist Archive, founder of the Black Feminist Archive at UMass Amherst. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, and so and other, the other panels have been curated by folks who, who we've worked with over the time um, within, you know, one social movement or another. Awesome. So I saw the theme. You kind of alluded to this black feminist and something else you said. Yeah. Tribute to the women in diaspora, right? How, how did that come apart? What was the real issue? Like, when you're like, you know, we want to do this this year. Mm -hmm. Is it like, a, is it, I mean, the news has been kind of, I don't know, is there anything in the media that made you want to go that way, or it just felt like we needed to represent the women this year? Well, it was kind of um, an idea that we had last year that we needed to, we felt like we needed to put together um, this lineup uh, with, of course, all female, and and it's also, you know, somebody asked us um, about why, you know, and the importance of it. And I feel like it is true that women are leading the the conversation, and and it's absolutely important for for us to also have a space that that gives that attention to the work that women do. Why do you think that is? I feel like that's definitely true. Anytime I see anything in the movement, or people's always like a woman out front. I don't know <laughs> if that's like a, a new wave thing, or like the modern age of that, or it's, I mean, it might have always been that way. Mm -hmm. Repeat it. Sorry. Well, 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 why do you think it, the women are leading the movement, or women are out front leading? I mean, because you know we for for many years the the men were leading the the movement now, but I feel like, for example, I just finished college, right? Um, I just graduated, and most of the women in my class, you know, most of most of the people, most of the people in my class were females. So we are educating ourselves. We have a lot more opportunities now, and those things are reflecting in our communities as well. There's, there's a lot. Most, of, most of the, of course, all the, the awardees for this year, are, for this year, are females. But that, it's not difficult to find, you know, women that are really doing their thing. So it was, it, it was definitely important to honor that. And and to make it to make it visible. Awesome, awesome. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, there's been a tradition of of black women activists that goes back a long time. I think specifically in the Afro Latino movement and the, uh, the Afro Afro Latin American movement uh, specifically. Um, you know, there was a time when men were leading it. I think uh, starting maybe in '95. <coughs> um, with the foundation of the of the Red de Mujeres Afro, the the network of Black uh, Afro Latin American and 
women of the uh, black Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latin American women of the diaspora, there was a kind of shift to uh, a greater role, um, a more prominent role of, of women in the Afro-Latin American movement, and that has continued from 95 until the present day. Um, and so that's what just, you, you see a lot of that just in the movement throughout the hemisphere, and I think that is now starting to trickle down and impact the f folks here who are um, Afro-Latinos here who are starting to, um, to become more involved and more engaged um, in these kind of conversations. So in terms of engagement, education, I see that was one of the big issues and things that you guys wanted to do. Over the course of the year, you know, it's a long year. You got all the stuff you're trying to do to build up to the festival. Is there anything that people should be aware of, things that you guys are doing, or even other organizations you feel like during the rest of the year are, you know, putting on for the same cause? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, we do, we try to make, we, we, are, we are in the process of developing year-round programming. Um, I mean, over the, I would say, the last seven or eight years, we've done a number of panels. We've done, we've done a, we did a, a did a panel on black women, uh, the state of black women in Latin America a few years ago with all women from, um, all women activists from Latin America, black women activists. Uh, we've done a panel um, at uh, St. John's Law School. We did a panel, a bunch of different stuff. And so this year, between the festival and now, we did something in, in September where we screened a, a documentary that we're going to screen this uh, this year again called uh, Death of by a Thousand Cuts, which is about um, environmental degradation and um, deportation, migration, and, and race uh, along the Haitian-Dominican border. Ah. Um, and then this, uh, this spring we co-curated um, a show as part of the Schoenberg's Women, of, uh, Women, uh, Women in Jazz Festival. Um, and so, yeah, um, Caribbean Cultural Center up in Harlem has been doing a lot of work. You know, they just um, opened up their new um, their new space on 125th Street in East Harlem. So they've been doing a lot of work. Um, and uh, and there's there's definitely, especially in New York, there's definitely a, a growing number of organizations and peep individuals who are now starting to you know do events, um, whether they're they're parties inspired by Afro Latin themes. Um, or panel discussions or art exhibitions, um, and so it's great. It's, it's it's great and it's encouraging to see that that is picking up momentum. These things are are in ebbs and flows, right? So, it, and everything is cyclical generationally, right? So, none of this is new, but it's a it's this back. Is a, this is a it's right. It's a reinvigoration, and I think um, I think it's great. Yeah. Nope. Um. So I want to talk a little about media because I mean it's a big festival. Music, you got films, you got you know, literary speakers and things like that. And when you sort of alluded to all these different women coming from different countries coming here to talk about you know what's going on in there and the movements they're leading, uh, what would you say is the biggest I guess issue when you talk about Afro Latino issues in in the media and the representation? Because it seems like a thing where it's like oh well, you know you don't see these people or they're not represented. Uh, and how you guys been fighting that, or feel like it needs to be fought? Oh, she getting the flyer? She getting the flyer out? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. That's that's a. a, a it's stuck in. <laughs> it's a yeah, question yeah. that contain that that has been around. It persists. Um, you know, 
there there is a serious lack of representation, whether it's media here or or in Latin America. I mean, it's the same with, with black folk here, right? There's this lack of, rep- of of lack of representation. It ebbs and flows. Sometimes you like this season, last season, you had underground, you had yeah. uh, what? What was the other one? Uh, the get down, right? And they're all canceled now, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, yeah. um, you know, it it, it fluctuates. Um, I think, um, from from our perspective, from you know, from my perspective, I think it's a perpetual issue. I don't know when it's going to go away. Um, I feel like those are questions that we have to have. Um, as far because they're important, right? Representation is important. You want to, you want people to be inspired by and see people like like yourselves, um, but and but there are levels to to it, and so you know you there there's a need for people to be at the forefront. In other words, visually represented in the front, the foreground. There are people there. There's also a need for people to be, to have representation and be represented in the background. Or maybe we just need to create our own platforms. That's real. Yeah, you I was know. kind of thinking our own okay. styles in. You know, see what we want to see, and uh, I I feel like that's that's one of the messages of the of the festival. Uh, it's it's to inspire people to come together, and and create, you know, create this sp- space in the media, in our media. You know, I'm I'm so right. glad that you guys have this show, and and you have this space. You know, so this kind of initiatives. Must continue uh, in order to tackle this the, the issue. I feel that's awesome because I know like I uh, you talked about underground. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I work in the media, so sometimes I like we get shows, international shows. I don't know if I told DJ about this, but we had this show from Colombia uh, by uh, Caracol, and it was it's uh, Esclava Blanca. I uh-huh. yeah, that was, that was a, <laughs> and I was just like. I guess this is that this you know level that Columbia is at with Which you know this yeah. it's, this, it's this show and we had and I I end up watching like almost every episode of the show just yeah. because like you, I, you I have to, to. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know it's about this white girl in like the 1600s and somehow she ends up in the Palenque which is like you know the slave compound in Colombia and like they take her in and of course they love her so much it's just it's all these yeah. you know <laughs> but it was like all these you know black Latin actors you know you know they're working right and there's that the whole thing underground so it's like you know I guess. The struggles moving forward, even over there too, you know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I, the same thing. In, in we our, watched it. Yeah, so, we watched it. We watched it. it. <laughs> and at first, I was a little resistant because yeah. I was like, just conceptually, I'm like, okay, like it happens to be the one black girl and the whole thing. But watching it, and, and then a friend of ours, Miroslava um, you know, Morales, she was one of the um, she one was of the, the protagonists. Mother. She was oh. there. She was a mother in that. She oh, was what's at the her name? Last year. Uh, what's the lady, the she character's know. name? You worked uh, Milagro in a. I forget their mom. Miguel's mom, right? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So she, she came mom. to the festival last year, but uh, no, it was it was one of those things where it was like, okay, you know what? Like you gotta you gotta respect it for what it is. The fact that 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 it's it wasn't the first one, right? There was there's there's been a slight trend, especially coming from Caracol and from Telemundo. Not I don't see as much on the Univision side yet. I'm hoping that changes. Where was Celia? Where was Celia? Celia was Telemundo. Okay. Mm-hmm. This one was Telemundo. There was what was the other one that was Telemundo? Mm. It was like the th- it was like three of them, but um, but yeah. So there's 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 a, a oh yeah it was, it was something that, I don't remember which one, but yeah, there's been a trend. It's, I don't know if it continue if it'll continue. I don't know if it was a fad. The the, the biopic is a big thing now in novellas. Okay. So they're doing now. Um, I've seen about ten on a. Uh, 
what's his name, Escobar, to keep pumping those out. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 or a variation Jesus. thereof, yeah. But no, there's there's um there's one on Jenny, there's one on um. Uh, is one Jenny on La, is one on La Lupa? I think I saw that somewhere, a movie or something. I didn't, I didn't no. Documentaries always. Yeah. The one just passed away. Uh, Juan Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Juan Gabriel novel. But um, but yeah, no, it's 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 you know. I don't want to say you take what you can get, but it's <laughs> but, like. But, but you take what you can get. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's progression. It's progress. Steps. Yes, that's 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 what. Yeah. It's, it's I'm not opposed to the novel. I kind of like. No, I, I I enjoyed it at the end of the day. Uh, they won, right? So sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and they had a cool ending, right? It kind of cool ending. They 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 you know, and 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 to be honest with you. That was the first time, or one of the first times that I have seen the conversation about manumission mm-hmm. in, in a any public, not, not even a novella, in any public space, you know, where they're discussing the agency of slaves, mm-hmm. right? Because you always talk, hear slavery and, and, you know, you very rarely hear about the agency. Um, and in this case, that was that was put out there. So I thought that was cool. Are you guys are both Panamanian, right? Yeah. So yeah. is that something like, that's not talked about in Panamanian culture, like we say. Well, I mean, mm, no. In general, I mean. <laughs> what, what do you mean? But he was just talking slavery about slavery or, or the actual agency. Well, both. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think in about? schools it's not. You know, I mean, even here, right? You go, you go from like black folk came on a ship to 1960. Right, right. Very few people nah, talk you about might, Jim you might have a Harlem Renaissance. I think that's what's <laughs> okay, <saying>. okay, <laughs> fair enough, Five fair enough, right. <laughs> Um, and so in, in Latin America, uh, it's oftentimes very similar, where it's like it starts, the story starts in 1500, and then it skips to like the year 2000. A couple of years ago, we were collecting oral histories, mm-hmm. and I went to Panama to interview a bunch of people, and, and one of the questions was, what did you learn about black history in school? And... Everybody had the same answer. <laughs> nothing. Oh, nothing. 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 You know, and and on not only, but for me, it was the one time that I really realized that it's not really thought, and that it's not that I skipped that class. It's just that it's not in the curriculum, yeah. and and you know. And there's a whole movement in the region about ethno education and inclusion of that stuff mm-hmm. in the curriculum. In Brazil, it was by leg, by law that it was mandated. In, in Colombia, it was the same way. Um, and in a lot of other countries, there there's a there's a push for that for that exact reason that she described. So along these same lines, um, how how was you guys' time in Panama informed? I guess like racially, would were you guys you guys thought of yourselves as as black or? Yeah, like, I'm black. I've always been black. Oh, my family is black. You right, know. right. But, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's bigger, it's, but it's more common and known in Panama. Right. Yeah. Like, a lot of Panamanians are just like... Black? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, not all of them I know. They, they, they yeah. kind of like that, but yeah. just yeah. to hear... You know, like, but, even everybody's viewed as black, they still don't really talk about the, 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 the historical nature of it. That's true. That. But living yeah. over there, of course, I knew I was black. Uh, I never had an issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> But I was more so Panamanian than right. anything, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to identity, that's those are all the things that I learned when I when I got here. And that was even there, or is it like now that you're here in America, like oh, I'm Panamanian. I'm Panamanian, and I'm, I'm black, and I'm Latina, and I'm right. Afro Latina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're also complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. 
I mean, I, I was born here. I, I used to go back and forth. Um, and so, I mean, my, my upbringing, my, my, all my folks have been very much involved in the Black Panamanian movement. Um, and so there was never a question. A question. So y'all, y'all have been in the movement pissed up since, you know. For a long, for yeah. a long, for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, this is not, we're not new to this. But, um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think some of my, some of my more militant stuff came maybe in 2000 because there were instances where in, in Panama there was a thing called the Derecho de Admisión, which is a reservation of the right for to, to be admitted into pu- public places. And so, you know, there were, there was, and I had dreads at the time, and so there was a number of incidents where, where I wasn't allowed to go into different venues regardless of how I was dressed. Because you needed a reservation? No, no. Oh, reserv- no. Like, in other words, the Those owner, the business owner reserves oh. the right to, to, to oh, wow. admit okay. you or not. Yeah. Right? And so um, it was always, it was usually used as a pretext to discriminate, right? Um, similarly, they had a thing where you had to present your identification to get a job. And, that and was a photo all, ID. And a and photo ID. Attached to your resume. To your resume. Oh. Which was, now, what's interesting mm-hmm. is that, that at that time was used as a pretext, right, to discriminate. Fast forward to now, people still do it because they just figure it's the norm. And then, when take it a step further, you have LinkedIn. What is that? Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Your resume with photo ID. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, it's gone. It's, it's, it's weird how it's come full circle, but... But all that to say, you know, a lot of the folks that that um, that I grew up with and were involved with, um, they, you know, they were behind getting those lo- getting laws passed prohibiting that kind of activity. Um, so, that's cool. Um, so I want to actually ask about the music. Yeah. The music. Yeah. So first, we talked about unity. You know, this understanding of identity and you know coming together. We're not all that different. We're yeah. Similar. Mm-hmm. I see that you guys like have a couple like you know. Like non Latin artists, just you know, Anglo speaking artists, you know, Alison Hines, Johnny Osborne. Like, was that something that you guys deliberately wanted to do? You know, it's all you know, Caribe, you know, together or mm. purposeful choices. Well, you know, in Panama, there's a lot of Caribbean influence, so this is how we grew up listening to soca and reggae and salsa as well. So it's only compa, <laughs> it's only it only makes sense to. To include them in in the in the lineup, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel I feel that their their con- their contributions uh, are part of of Afro-Latinidad as well, and and of course they need to be included. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. <laughs> Very bo- a bow tie on that one. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, like she said. I mean, we're we're coming from Panama. That is a big, you know, the Caribbean influence. My my grandparents are from on one side of my family from Jamaica and the other side from Grenada. They went to, to Panama to build a canal. Uh, other mm-hmm. other relatives of mine, families from Barbados, went to Panama to build a canal. My family um, that did that too. Huh? Apparently, apparently, my grandmother's parents went to Panama to build a canal, but they went back to uh, Saint Vincent. Okay, Saint okay. okay. There's yeah. a, there's a thing. A I didn't I didn't know that was a thing until she told me about yeah. that. So, yeah, and there was a large Vincentian population, large population from Guadalupe that, that did that. Um, you know, I have family that were here in the States that never went that route. They just came straight to the Bronx. Um, and so, you know, we embrace it all. We, you know, that's, like you said, this is what, we, what you grow up on. This is what you listen to at home. And, um, and it's a, it's a, the, the purpose of it, I mean, it was, it was, for us it was natural, but it was also purposeful in the mm-hmm. sense that we wanted to 
put that out there and, 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 and make it clear that, like, yeah, there is a lot of, you know, I mean, you go to coastal Colombia and, and the Pico Sound is a sound system, which is in, originated from Jamaica, you know, um, all, all Caribbean coast of Latin America, up down to Venezuela, has Caribbean influence. And so, you know, we one of our groups, you listen to Tabu Combo growing up at every single house party, which is a Haitian Compa group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it, was, it was organic, but it was very purposeful at the same time. So me and DJ are trying to get hip. We want to get put anyway. on. We want to get put on to you know something we don't necessarily know about, or you know, just the listeners in general to artists that we would not be aware of, or even genres. I know, like I tried to like listen real quick before I came here, like to the people. Like, I listened to uh, Carolina uh, Camacho. That's she's really good, and um, I listened to Marla Negra. I never listened to her before, but I kind of follow her Instagram because I'm thirsty, so I'll admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, what yo? What could people open their ears to, or open their minds to, genre wise and artist wise? Hmm. And isn't I mean, you could pub the people in, in the know, festival. It could be your favorites. It could be you know. To go to the concert. <laughs> you know. how, how is your your Spanish is better than mine though? I always get lost uh, in a, a little to bit. It's okay. Out what they say. <laughs> it's so, it, like you can hear most of it, but it's like. Piecing together the whole sentence, it's like oh, right. and then you go you back, slang and, and then the slang you don't know what that yeah. means, and yeah. it's like oh, here's my my uh, my book Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, like slang, slang, like with everything, right? Slang is very regional. Like exactly. even with rap, like I, I listen to something from the south, I might not know what the hell they're saying. Well, yeah, I don't know if that's English or not though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, it's very it's very regional. So like you know what what is slang in one country might not be slang in another country, or it might be a whole different meaning. Something might be like totally disrespectful one place, and it's like very nonchalantly taken in another place. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. Because I mean, I always thought like in my head when I listen to something like English, like even like soca or like you know dance hall stuff, I'm like, well, I guess if I was speaking Spanish and I had to hear something to like get to say what I feel like, damn, I don't know what they say. Right. Right. It's right. Like, yeah. Top over different countries and languages. So. You just vibe out to the for, to the, to the to the rhythms, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I guess people yeah. people have to be prepared or should be prepared to listen to all of this all together as different pieces of this big puzzle, you know. And by the end of the of the weekend, they I feel they will have a better taste of what Afro Latino music is about. There, there is some funk in it. There is some uh, salsa and merengue and baile funk, you know from Brazil, and there is reggae, you know, in, in, in that combination of of taste, I guess. So that's, I guess that's the experience that we provide at the festival, um, you know, separate from the conversations. Right, because if you're someone who's just completely going into a blind and just walking by and they listen, they go, oh, what's that? You feel like, you know. They'll be able to come right in. They're not. There's. It just. There's no. Uh. What's the level? Level of entry. Like a bar for entry. It's like. Oh, I don't really know what this is. Or. Right. Yeah. How would you tell somebody who's just completely like ignorant, like jumping into this? This is. This is what you're expecting. Good dance music. You know, easy rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say. Um. I mean. <clears throat> you gotta have an open. You gotta have an open ear. Absolutely. Um. I mean, as a diaspora people. Uh. I think that. There are certain sounds that would attract folks, um, you know, whether it's, you know, we all, we, there's always a drum, whether it's a drum loop, 
in rap or hip hop to mm-hmm. drums being drums themselves being played in salsa or merengue or, or what have you to steel pan to and so that there there's that element that I think you know would pique one's interest um, or could pique one's interest and so yeah I, I think they recognize you know mm. there's a certain familiarity yeah. there I think that mm-hmm. that that um that would go over and yeah I mean I think just generally. It's just it's just a, a, a good time. It's community oriented. Um, you know we we're, we're we're blessed that we were able to to, to raise uh, raise a good amount of money for the production of this year's festival from a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. And we're you know we're very thankful to all the supporters. Uh, if any of them are listening, thank you once again. Uh, any any shout outs? Uh, everybody, everybody. everybody. Yeah, don't like, forget, don't forget anybody. We had, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it general. Keep it general. Um, you know, we had like I don't know, like five hundred backers, um, and so that was a very, very cool thing, and um, it gave it's given us a lot of momentum to keep it going. Cause you know, when when you when you have that level of of support where people are like, yeah, like like let's make this happen, um, you it, it pushes you to keep going. Yeah. yeah. So, so me and DJ had this segment. All right, we talk about what in your journey, in your travels or experiences in music or organizing, it's just the most interesting parlor story. This is the parlor that we're the talking parlor. in now. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, these four walls, these four walls the parlor right now. are the parlor. And, and all your listeners. Yeah, yeah, everybody's here, you know, you cocktails and stuff. Barbershop talk. Yeah, right. So in your, in your journeys, in, in your music, in your life, what's the story that'll have us listening on edge? That wow. life, that life experience that you're like, wow, this is my barbershop story. This is my parlor story. Mm. Mm. You should send me that question. I was gonna, but I forgot. And I, realized <laughs> I was gonna tell you at the beginning, but you might have let it summer. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You can come back to it if you need it. A little moment. <laughs> mm. Mm. Have something in mind, Mr. Priestley. Uh, face is very, very solid. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, the only, my my only story I think I would have is a, when I when I took the bus all the way through Panama to Colombia to Costa Rica. Wait, I'm about to say, I thought you couldn't even go that way. <laughs> no, to Colombia, no, oh. no, you can't. <laughs> that, 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 rain, that rainforest is impenetrable. But um, no, I I took a bus to as part of the this oral history project that we're, we've been working on. Um, you know, we I went to to Costa Rica to to um, do some interviews kind of like what you guys are doing, but not a podcast. This is like a few years ago. I, I, I got to get on this. But yeah, it was a great trip. I went by myself. It was a great trip. Um, <clears throat> I typically don't, because I, I have dual citizenship, I typically don't bust out the U.S. passport. Yeah. Um, but this was one instance when I had to play the ugly American. Because there, you know, it was like three or four times I was getting pulled, I was getting stopped, pulled over. Um, you know, I mean, I had again, I had dreads at the time. I had like not fatigues, but I had like you know, cargo pants, Tims, and a big book bag with my equipment. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I got pulled over before I crossed the border into Costa Rica. I got um, questioned at a stop checkpoint in Costa Rica, and then when we got to San Jose, um, there was me and. This other black guy who was, uh, two of us were on the bus. The bus was like six, 70, 80 people. 
and we were the only two to get pulled over. Supposedly somebody at the border called ahead, and um, so they had everybody lined up. They had us separated. They had had the dogs go through our stuff, and then this um, black Costa Rican woman who was a, a cop. She had braids. She came up to me. She was like, nah, you know, you know, the culpa me. Like, sorry about this. Like, it's kind of messed up. And, and her boss was basically like, do your fucking job. So they took us, they took me and the other guy to the back. I don't know if you can do that. Feel free. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the cop, um, they took us to a back room. They had us empty out all our stuff. And, um, you know, they found nothing. It's two separate rooms. And they both let, and they let both of us go. Um, you know, whatever. The rest of the trip was fine. But it was just, and and and, and actually, I flew back. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, did, wait, you broke the passport out? Is that what happened? You said yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, held yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did. I did. Because I, I usually have my Panamanian passport. But, uh, but this time I did. Um. So, I mean, they kind of they kind of breathed a little bit easier. The other guy wasn't right. quite as fortunate. Um, they were kind of yelling at him, but they but they let us go pretty much at the same time. I don't know if he was giving them a hard time or what, but it was just noticeable the the different the difference in treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I try I try not to, but you know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what, shit, they're not gonna mess with me because they, they 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 do they do. I mean, as much as the as authority mess with black folk here. Mm-hmm. Ain't no different anywhere else. It's funny. I, I always heard Costa Rica is like, oh, so great, peaceful. People always say that about Costa Rica, so. Yeah. Yeah. Either black <laughs> yeah, Costa Rican, they might have something different to tell you. <laughs> um, and not, a, and it's not every instance, right? But, you know, right. there is a common, and, and that's one of the reasons for the festival, right? There's a commonality in experiences if you're black, regardless of where you are. Um, that, unfortunately, happens to be one of them in many cases. So... Okay. Uh, for for those not to know, what what does breaking out your American passport uh, gain you in those types of circumstances? I mean, there's a certain you can either people will either one of two things will happen. And I'm not white, so I don't know. But sometimes they'll they'll yeah, get I mean, they'll get, got, they'll more, get pressed. Yeah. They might get pressed for more for more for money. Uh huh. If you're black, they might be like, oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Like, they, they could ask you for money, but they don't really necessarily want to go there, but they know they can't actually rough you up as much as they would otherwise. Mm-hmm. So they're like, get the fuck out of here. Just beat it. Beat it. Gotcha. You know. Um, yeah, look, look. There's, we talk about this, you know, the conversation of the day is like privilege, right? There's a lot of privileges. There's an, there's, there is such a thing as having an American privilege, whether you're black or not, going to other countries. It's True. just a fact of the matter. So I want to ask y'all a couple more things before we wrap it up. Mm-hmm. So, in the greater culture, the greater Latin culture, greater American culture, how do you feel like, I mean, I guess mostly in New York, how do you feel like it's been received? Because we're talking about, we know about people who embrace Afro-Latin identity, people that who may not, and then general people who just, you know, ignorant like us. Ignorant people. <laughs> nobody means <laughs> it. Yeah, nobody means I'm joking. Uh, how do you feel like it's been embraced? Do you feel like it's been any pushback, or has it, you know, been all love? No, all I think it's been, it's been a lot of love. Um, I think the festival, the concept of the festival has been well received. Of course, uh, some people have their own, you know, their own opinions about it, but there's nothing we can do uh, about that but to improve um, every year. 
Um, but I feel like the support of the community, it's clear. Um, especially after the Kickstarter. That, that was kind of a refreshing confirmation for the both of us as organizers. Uh, that we had the, to confirm that we had the support of the community um, with the crowdfunding campaign. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think um, I think there's there's still work to be done. Um, yeah. There's there's still more more consciousness uh, mm. consciousness raising to do. Yeah. But um, but I think it's been generally well received. I mean, like you like like Mai said, you have your you have your, a few detractors. You have. You have people who think it's not militant enough, people who think it's too militant, you know. Um, right. <clears throat> I think one of the good things between the two of us is that we provide a balance to each other because I could go way left revolutionary if she, could, <laughs> she brings me back. And, um, and I think that's important um, to have that balance um, so that as many people as possible can enjoy it. You're not going to satisfy everybody, nor are we set out to satisfy everybody. I mean... Um, <clears throat> while this com while the festival is for everybody, the conversation is about consciousness raising both internally and and externally, right? And so, if we if we're failing at any one, we have to look at it. But but I feel like if we're succeeding in at least one of those realms, we're taking steps forward. Awesome. Uh, so just one more music question. Now I know it's funny. It kind of feels like now I remember maybe oh four oh five like reggaeton got popping in America for like a brief ten minutes here, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's kind of weird. I feel like the music industry here kind of trying to find whatever is the newest hottest thing, and this whole new Justin Bieber thing is like the hot thing mm -hmm. like right now. And I didn't even know that, I didn't even know he was like on this this song. What was it? I, Despacito. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, what's up with that? <laughs> I just mean like from your perspective, y'all. Oh, go he got a rant. He got a rant go ready because I'm like, I see this festival's coming. It's hot. Like I, you know, I hear music and it's like, this is because I've like Drake had a few like bachata songs a few, but people do that. But this yeah. is just like I don't know, so transparent. So if you got a y'all both yeah, got a rant in pre in pre pod, <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was gonna bite. If they were gonna, bite. he looked like he's ready to just go off about this. this no, procedure. no, it's 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 not it's not a matter really of going off. This is um. It's a, it's an interesting thing, um, you know. I I I like and I appreciated the song on its face value for what for what it is. Um, I you know Justin Bieber on it or not that doesn't mean much to me, um, but <clears throat> I think it 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 the larger question which has reemerged because again a lot of this is cyclical is you know who is put to the forefront of certain genres of music. Right. Right? And so we as Panamanians, you know, have have a have had a stake in reggaeton as, you know, some of the founders of right. it. I thought that it started and in Panama, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um and so, you know, one of the things that, that, you know, a lot of folks have felt is that Panamanians never got as much of a push. One, one, from a logistical perspective, the industry, right, is in the is in is in is here in the states, right, and so to get artists from Panama, you know, you requires visas and this, that, and the third. So from a logistical perspective, mm -hmm. there was that element, but there was also the underlying element of blackness, being that most, if not all, of the Panamanian artists who 
and came up in the genre were black. And that was not necessarily what the Latin music industry wanted to put forth in this new genre, right? Mm-hmm. In Puerto Rico, the folks who were doing reggaeton for back in the day, before really blue, were black. Um, and it was banned at certain intervals. Um, I mean, it, it, there, it's been, I, don't, I think, in, in Panama it wasn't banned, was it? People weren't talking about no, that at one point. No, it wasn't banned. People, oh, but, but, no. but it, I mean, you know, as even with here with rap, right? Like, you had C. Dolores Tucker back in the day who was, yeah. like, dead set against Tupac and rap music and everything like that. There was a wave of that mm. as well. Um, because, you know, there was a thought, the thinking was, on the one hand, um, there was that racialized element. On the other hand, you know, the music had, got, had pro- progressed to a point um, that it was, like, you know talking a lot of gang stuff and things things like that but um but yeah i mean for me the whole reggaeton spanish reggae whatever you want to call it i mean that that started in panama I, i'll say it i have no qualms about saying that straight up <laughs> um and you can come argue with me if you want to but um yeah i i, I like i like the reggae the reggaeton that's out I, i've always liked it i've never been a an over-the-top fan. I like reggae from Panama, but I'm partial. Well, <laughs> if you notice, we haven't had any reggaeton artists uh, performing at the festival. Um. Yeah, we gotta get we gotta get our our reggaeton game. Our no, we gotta. That's, <laughs> that's not cheap. <laughs> I mean, too popping. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, the, the, those are those are those. That's like, that's like those are for lack of a better term, pop artists, meaning popular artists mm-hmm. who command a certain fee. Um, and we aren't we aren't at that level yet. We're more of a grassroots, yeah. you know. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe in the future. But um, but I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable where we're at right now, um, and what we're pushing. Um, and uh, yeah. So despacito, if if, if, if you know. It, it, <laughs> and it was written by a woman, by that, a Panamanian well, so, woman. So you're cool with that, or you're not I'm cool, cool with that? I'm cool with that <laughs> aspect. With that aspect. Yeah. So yeah. she she's getting her bread for that enough yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. she's a big time she's a big time songwriter yeah erica oh, okay. and she's okay. a big so time cool. songwriter um, mm-hmm. and okay. the fact that it was a woman she got her props it was cool like she got a key to miami she got a key to panama city like people were showing a lot of love it's the first first latin song that's blown up i don't know i mean, some arguably some people say it was because of bieber i don't know whatever but the fact that she was a songwriter on it, you know, I think that was that was that was cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And to mumble the words, right? Yeah, right. It's kind of sorry. Don't know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Well, supposedly he got taken off of the off of the song as a result After. of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't perform it, or baby? no? He t- they 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 pulled his version off of Spotify or something like that. Okay. <laughs> They're like, bye. Or something something like that. Yeah, yeah. They were like, nah, this is too it's too it's too disrespectful. Yeah. Um what did he say? Nachos tacos? Something like that? I, I didn't even I didn't <laughs> I didn't singing? watch it. I didn't I didn't hear That's what I heard. Well, blame Ooh, Canada for that. <laughs> blame Canada. That wasn't America. That was Canada that did that. Yeah, that was Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those innocent yeah. Canadians, right? That's funny. Oh, um, but yeah, no, it's, um, let's see if it brings, if it, if it brings up, you know, it brings up, a, 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 some other conversations, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to talk about, it's easy to talk about Bieber culturally appropriating, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of cultural appropriating, cultural appropriation going on. Yeah. 
Um, and so if we're going to have that conversation, I'm open to having the entire conversation. That, that's real. Can't, uh, you know, skip over everything. Right. To hit Bieber, easy target. Right. Yeah, easy target. <laughs> right. That could be a panel for next year. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's a knucklehead, but yeah, I'm definitely open to having that whole conversation. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it. I don't know if y'all had any questions for us. I know we're not famous, we're not, you know, founders <laughs> yeah, or, or co-organizers. Wait, so you organize festivals? <laughs> no, I... Tell I, me about it. Uh, the Brooklyn Film Festival, I do short documentaries there, so I program short docs. At Ben? No, at the Brooklyn Film Festival, not at the Brooklyn Academy of Music one. Oh. It's just Brooklyn Film Festival. Not, so that, that's not Art Rising or Act Rising or something. You're like the second, the third person that like come to me like, wait, there's this one, and then there's the Art of Brooklyn, <laughs> and then there's yeah. the B- Brooklyn Academy, but it's just Brooklyn Film Festival. We just wrapped up actually last week. So wait, where is that? Where is it? It's uh yeah, two locations. Two locations: Williamsburg and uh, Greenpoint. Uh, oh yeah. So okay. Just wrapped up, and uh, I, I program the short documentaries there, and pick them and all okay. that and whatnot. And it's every June? Every June, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, we should talk. Maybe we can do some stuff we, for next year. We chop See? it up. Chop it up. Connections. Connections. Collaboration. Yeah. yeah. And there's also some folks in, out in Greenpoint and Williamsburg that are doing some, some good work that, that you should probably connect with. Are you, you guys are a nonprofit? We are two guys. Us or, or the Brooklyn Into Film Festival? Into my group. No, no, no. We are. <laughs> y'all just y'all. We grassroots. We're grassroots. We're grassroots. Well, I, mean, no, I mean, I can talk to you more about the Film Festival after the podcast. <laughs> right, no, know. that's cool. <laughs> it's, 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 we'll chat. We'll definitely chat. But, uh, yeah. Thank right. you so much so, for inviting okay, us. You guys, you guys are, are um, when did you start this podcast? Because I've been, I've been hearing about this for a little while There's now. There's no way you have. <laughs> I can't oh, no, I have. He knew about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A year, ago? a year and a half. Really? Oh, it is about half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. slow, slow grind, struggling, making it forward, pushing it forward. It's been a passion project. Yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. that's what it's about. That's how it starts. This is episode seventy-two. So that's not a lot. That's a lot for seventy-two. Yeah, it, it's cool to look back to see that we have been as consistent as we have been. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. every, every, like really consistent, like every week, consistent with just, like a handful of exceptions. So. I've collected Somewhere. 70 oral histories and I've put out like 40, 30. It's difficult, 40? man. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's difficult. Work. Yeah, when exactly. they get the final product, the listeners, they don't, they don't you know, guys man. edit this or this is all? It's pr- I mean, this is going to be edited because we do. <laughs> mild, mild, mild edits. Mild so sometimes edits. we yeah. do like little segment parts and things like that, but okay. mostly it's straight through. We straight want the through. natural. Yeah, yeah. No, commend you because it's, yeah, I know, I know it's, 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 no, it's no joke. No but uh, pub the pub the fest one more time. What are people coming to see? What the dates? What are it like? Get your pub. tickets. Get your tickets. Tickets running low. Get your tickets. You can, <laughs> you can get your tickets at www.afrolatinofestnyc.com. The dates are July seventh, eighth, seven and eighth. Uh, for a full weekend of culture, music, talks, and food. You yeah. can expect performances from Mili Quesada. The Queen of Merengue, Alison Hines, The Queen of Soca, Susana Vaca, Amara La Negra, Johnny Osborne, Needy Scott, Calma Carmona, Melvis Santa, and many, many, many more. Uh, day one will be held at the Schoenberg Center for Research and Black Culture, started by Arturo Schoenberg, an Afro-Puerto Rican. So it's very fitting. We're very, very grateful for the Schoenberg Center for hosting us for a second year. 9.30 sharp start, 3.30 sharp end. 
four panels, three films, $15. Get it while you can. We'd love to have you guys. Um, then we have the evening back in Brooklyn with a awards presentation, a book discussion by former Minister of Culture in Peru, Susana Baca, and two-time Latin Grammy winner. Uh, Saturday, which is the 8th, is a full day of music and food and good times and community. Domino's tournament, yeah, <laughs> Conectao is back, yep, yeah. yeah. Third year we had a do- having a Domino's, Domino's uh, tournament, custom-made tables. And, um, yeah, and uh, many thanks to everybody who supported, many thanks to everybody who's helped out, um, you know, making this happen. Um, you know, if you would like to volunteer at the festival, please email us. It's a good one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> to AfroLatinoFestivalMedia at gmail.com. Yes, uh, yeah, we're looking for, for shifts for Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And uh, you get, you if you volunteer, you get your ticket plus one guest. So, yeah. And a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and a t-shirt. And a t-shirt. <laughs> t-shirt. Yeah. So definitely um, hope to see as many people out there as possible. Um, like we said, this is, uh, this is definitely grassroots. And uh, as you saw with the, with the Puerto Rican parade, you know, you know, some sponsors are great. Some sponsors will stick with you. Some sponsors won't. Yeah. But, you know. And, and doing productions like this, you know, it's 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 oftentimes necessary. We've been fortunate, you know, it's been hard that we haven't had to use as has have as many, but um, but it can only be done if people come out and support. Exactly. And so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, great a, ad. Another, yeah, great, great ad at the end. You <laughs> pulled that together really well. Um, but yeah, another awesome podcast, DJ. 72. Yeah, 72. Thank you for taking like two or three of my questions. But it was going with the flow. So yeah, I mean, I was trying to look for you and come back and look for you. <laughs> no, I was looking at... It was, it was cool. He's going to have it out with you, uh, see? <laughs> nah, it's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it's, it. It's a struggle. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening, people. You can follow us, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Facebook, iTunes, podcast, app, that's two, the number two, and a bottle. Uh, we're back every week, and we're, and we're having more guests. We're, we're on a little roll, DJ. We're on a roll. Trying, man. It's heating up. It's, hot it's heating up. Hot summer. Summer <laughs> 17. So we'll be back next week. That's two in a bottle. Uh, thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Two. <laughs>